0: The Guardian.
1: I'm Gleitzman and you're listening to the Guardian Children's Books Podcast from the Edinburgh Literary Festival. You can probably hear excited readers and writers all around us. There's readers telling writers how good their books are and writers having ideas for new books and um, wishing they'd written their old ones a bit better in some cases. Well, I'm going to hope that I don't have that experience as I read to you the first, or not the first, but a few pages from my new book, Too Small to Fail. It's about a boy called Oliver who has most of what he wants in life, his parents are pretty rich but he doesn't have the dog he loves and he visits the dog each afternoon after school in the pet shop and at the beginning of the story a woman comes along and buys the dog and poor old Oliver's feeling pretty bad about that until the woman asks Oliver to carry the dog for her to her car. Hop in, said the woman smiling in a friendly way. Oliver hesitated, he was ten People had told him he should be careful of strangers and cars until he was at least 30. Is somebody waiting for you, said the woman. Yes, said Oliver. Our housekeeper, Vicky. I'm meeting her outside the supermarket. This won't take long, I promise, said the woman. I just need your help for a sec. Get in. Oliver decided to take a punt. The woman probably needed some help, giving the dog some car training, so it wouldn't be naughty on the way home and she wouldn't have to try to get a lead around its neck and teach it discipline while she was driving. Okay, he said. Anything. If it meant he could hang on to Barclay for a bit longer. As Oliver climbed into the passenger seat, he had a hopeful thought. Maybe the woman wasn't a farmer after all. Maybe she was just a keen gardener with a house not too far away, and she'd have to say yes to him visiting after this. The woman got in the driver's side and locked the doors. Oliver was surprised. Then he realized why she'd done it. Don't worry, he whispered to Barclay, it's so you can't run off. This will only take a couple of minutes, Oliver, said the woman. Vicky won't mind. Housekeepers are used to waiting. Oliver looked at her. How did she know his name? Maybe he'd mentioned it when he was chatting to Barclay on the escalator. Funny though, he didn't remember doing that. You must really love that dog, said the woman, coming here every day after school. Oliver nodded, but his mind was racing. Had the woman been spying on him? Then Oliver saw something on the seat between them, something that gleamed softly in the murky car park lights. A kitchen knife, a big one. It was a bit rusty, but it looked sharp. Oliver stared at it. He had a scary thought. Dad had told him once how the kids of rich bankers sometimes got kidnapped and their parents had to pay millions to get them back. Mum told Dad to stop being overdramatic. But Oliver looked it up on Google. Sometimes the parents were sent bits of their kids in the post, not just fingernail clippings, bigger bits. Oliver tried to stay calm. As far as he knew, things like that didn't happen in Australia, only in unlawful places like South America and New Zealand. But as Oliver hugged Barclay, he couldn't help giving the woman a nervous glance. And then another one. You don't know who I am, do you, said the woman. Oliver shook his head. The woman took off her sunglasses. Remember me now, she said. Oliver stared at her. Nancy, said the woman. Oliver stared some more. She definitely looked familiar, sort of. I took care of you, said Nancy. When you were four, Oliver remembered, kind of. That was the trouble with having a mother who was always sacking housekeepers. When you'd had 19 in your life, it put a real strain on your memory. "'Hi, Nancy,' he said, to be polite. "'It was a relief knowing who she was. "'The knife on the seat must just be for peeling fruit or something.' "'Nancy didn't say hi back. "'She looked at Oliver for a moment, "'then stared grimly at the steering wheel and didn't say anything. "'Oliver was puzzled. "'If he was the new owner of the best dog in the world, "'he'd be feeling a lot happier than she was looking. "'Oliver,' said Nancy, turning back to him, "'do you know what an investment is?' "'Of course I do,' thought Oliver.' My parents own a bank. He wanted to ask Nancy if she knew what scissors were because if she was planning to cut the plastic ID tag off Barclay's paw with that knife, she should probably think again. Answer me, said Nancy. Yes, I do know, said Oliver. An investment is when you give your money to somebody else for a while. Later, they give it back to you with extra money to say thank you. Nancy gave a bitter laugh. Oliver's insides twitched anxiously People who were feeling bitter shouldn't be planning to do fiddly things with big knives. Good answer, said Nancy. Thanks, said Oliver. He wondered why, if she thought it was so good, she was still sounding bitter. Getting your money back is what should happen, said Nancy, but some people don't keep their promises. A few years ago, when I was your housekeeper, I gave your parents $11,000 to invest for me. When I asked for it back last month, their office said it was lost. Oliver stared at her. That wasn't possible. That must be a mistake. Mum and Dad were very careful with money. They ran one of the most trusted investment banks in Australia. Dad was always saying so. That money was my life savings, said Nancy. I need it back. Her voice had gone quiet, like grown-ups' voices did when they really meant what they were saying and they were getting upset. It's probably just a mistake, said Oliver. I bet Mum and Dad haven't really lost it. They're very good at maths. Barclay licked Oliver's chin to show he agreed it was probably just a mistake. Nancy leaned over and grabbed Oliver's arm, tight. Her fingers dug into his armpit. Usually that tickled, but not the way she was doing it. My family needs that money, Oliver, she said. You're our last hope.
0: Thank you, Morris. Uh, That was a very tantalising excerpt from your new book, Too Small to Fail, which... As we've learned a little bit about there about the global banking crisis, now, what made you think that that would be a good subject for a children's book?
1: Well, partly because my young readers are living in the same troubled world that we all live in, and I think it's reasonable that as we've bequeathed them a media-drenched world where they get little glimpses of some of the troubling stuff that's happening around the world, I think. Their stories uh, have the opportunity to add a bit of context and, and, and add a bit of extra meaning to these glimpses that, that they see through the news media, but also to connect some of the puzzling and seemingly distant things that happen in the world to stories that, that every young person can identify with. So, while there aren't many 10, 11, 12 year olds who, who are having a personal first hand experience of the global banking crisis, most families have to sort out the place that money will take and how important it's going to be in family life. Most busy parents have to choose between two very important tasks that they can't usually do at the same time. One is to earn enough money to give their kids a safe secure comfortable life and the other is to be there for their kids and spend time with them and in today's world where parents have to often work longer and longer hours to to earn the, the money the family needs kids often don't get to see their parents in a way that they'd like to even though the parents are doing what they do primarily for the kids and that was a dilemma that I wanted to explore but in a story you try and take universal aspects of life and make them a bit bit bigger and more dramatic and more unusual so Oliver's family is experiencing this very common dilemma of how much time do we spend with our son and how much time do we spend earning money for his future but it's all happening on quite a, a big, a big, bigger scale for them because um, Oliver's parents own a bank and Oliver, as you've just heard, is facing his own financial dilemma when he finds himself in a car with an angry woman, a kitchen knife and an increasingly nervous dog.
0: Now, we're not used to having much sympathy for bankers and yet Oliver, the main character, is the son of bankers. He's a, he's a rich kid up until now. There haven't been many problems in his life we don't think apart from not having much time to spend with his parents why did you decide to put him at the center of the story
1: I've always taken the 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 view that that one of the, the really useful things that stories do for us is that they remind us that the things that people do are not the totality of who they are and it's certainly true to say that bankers are unpopular but that's more because of what they do or in the case of being sensible and careful what they don't do often but all of my stories have families as part of their worlds and a family is always a family even if the parents happen to do an unpopular job or even if as is the case in a few of my stories they're people who really have big personal problems that make them not very good parents it's still a family it's still the only family that the kids in that family have and and so I'm always interested in how that family works um, and, and in the experience that young people in, in such families have and uh, I think it's also true to say that young people are hugely loyal usually towards their parents and it can be a real dilemma if they get a sense that the world is angry with their parents or disapproves of them or at least of what, what they do in their professional lives that's a real dilemma for a young person to see that these people that, that, that they love and are feeling hugely supportive towards um, that the rest of the world doesn't feel that way and then I wanted to take things one stage further with Oliver because Oliver discovers that some of the things his parents have been doing he doesn't agree with, particularly when their bank goes bust and he discovers that his parents have put away substantial sums of money quite legally, it's money they own, but they've put it away for themselves and for him and he feels that that, that, that they should give their money to all of the investors and customers of the bank who've, who've been left penniless. That I think is, a, is an ultimate dilemma for a young person when as part of developing his own personal moral landscape for the first time, that he starts to realise that he, he, while he doesn't stop loving his parents, he finds that he disapproves of something that his parents are doing and they're doing it for his benefit. So there's quite an interesting um, moral dimension to this story i think and i'm very keen on the idea that young readers will get a chance to not be told what they should be thinking or feeling about this but have their own responses and make their own moral judgments and i guess what what we always do if a story is working for us is we find ourselves in the shoes of the main character wondering how we would feel and what we would do in that situation
0: and it's it's an unexpected ending but i For me anyway but i won't say any more than that but we also see that oliver is learning more about what it is that his his parents do and and there's phrases in the book credit default swaps which i mean many adults don't understand how much did you have to learn about this sort of economic system to to write the book
1: well i had to learn almost everything in the book because in the way that this story is a journey of discovery for oliver to to work out exactly what it is his parents do and exactly what what went wrong when the big banks around the world started to have such problems i had to go on that same journey of discovery so i did a couple of years research and uh, and the book came about partly when i realized that beneath all the huge complexities of the international banking industry, many of which I still don't understand, it seemed to me were some quite simple concepts that maybe some of the bankers had lost sight of. And I realised that they were concepts that most children would be very aware of. Things like you can't get something for nothing and just because something hasn't happened in the past doesn't mean it won't happen in the future. Things that kids hear a lot like don't leave other people to clean up your mess. I think perhaps the the major investment banks of the world could you know, do with a few more nagging nagging adults saying things like, you know, don't leave other people to clean up your mess. So I thought that it would be quite fun to have a look at this seemingly complex and very foreign world of, of investment banking through the eyes of a young character whose simple common sense gave him some glimpses as to, and I hope readers, some glimpses as to, as to where things went wrong.
0: Thank you very much.
1: It's been my pleasure.